today's episode is Jenny Talks, the impact of shame on young people and youth workers. And my guest today is Sally Nash, author of the recently published book titled Shame and the Church. Sally and I first met when I joined the staff team at CYM, where Sally had been a founding member of staff 20 years before. I was immediately welcomed as one of the team, despite feeling very much like I'd plunged in at the deep end. It was Sally who encouraged me to write my own book and gave me the opportunity with Grove Books, as she is on the editorial group and organises the annual writing day, which they usually hold in around January sort of time. Sally, like me, has worked with young people all of her working life since she herself was a teenager. So that's also included leading training of youth workers in churches over the last 20 or so years. I wanted to talk to her about how the issue of shame impacts our young people and what we can be watching out for as youth workers, especially in a faith-based context where the impact of shame can be particularly high. Don't forget, you can message me on jennytalks at gmail.com if you want to be involved in this podcast. Also, if you are interested in writing for Grove Books, then do look them up on Facebook or Twitter as at Grove Youth Series. And Sally herself will tell you at the end of the conversation how to get hold of her. So my conversation with Sally Nash about shame in the church coming up in just a moment. Hi, Sally, and welcome to the Jenny Talks podcast. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's lovely uh, for you to be joining us this morning. Um, could you give us a little bit of introduction to yourself? I live in Birmingham. I have been involved in work with children and young people since I was probably about 14. I did the classic help out with the younger age group um, yeah. with in the Baptist church I went to um, as a teenager um, in Reading where I um, grew up and um, I originally trained mm-hmm. as a teacher but not long after that I moved into um, working with Youth for Christ and um, from working with Youth for Christ I ended up being one of the team that set up um, CYM and um, I worked for them with them for over 20 years and at the moment I'm uh, on some study leave looking at what might be next and doing some um, research writing and I do a day a week supporting the chaplaincy team at Birmingham Women and Children's Hospital and in my spare time and I'm an Anglican priest in a local church as well. Just in your spare time. <laughs> Just in my spare time, yes. What they call self-supporting ministry, so you don't get paid. So. <laughs> wow, there we go. So yes, spare time, a spare time priest, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so Sally, you released this book um, really recently mm-hmm. about shame in the church. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, there's been quite a lot of conversation in Christian circles, I would say, about shame in the past year or so with Brené Brown being the US kind of leader in yes. that particular um in that particular um topic so but I'm really interested to know your from your point of view what it was that prompted you to write about shame in the church in particular it's actually a story that begins over 50 years ago uh, mm. i'd say chubby little primary school pupil and a teacher had the bright idea of trying to make maths interesting. And to do mm. that, they thought they'd um, work out the average weight of the class by getting us to all go to the front, stand on the scales, write our name and our weight on the board, and then show us how to calculate an average from that. 
um, mm. felt so awful about the prospect mm. of my weight being made public where I'd probably be the heaviest person in the class. Mm. I tended to be ill and went out of the class and um, I just couldn't cope with it. And mm. it, the memory of being, in a sense, shamed by an institution that should have looked after me, I think, um, mm. as, as schools should, um, has mm. stayed with me ever since. And when I had the opportunity to do some study for my ordination training um, 10 years ago, I thought, actually, I really want to take up this um, idea of shame. And um, I had this particular interest in how institutions can, um, can be shaming as well. So in essence, it's germinated in me for over 50 years. And I finally had the opportunity to do some formal study on it. Mm, wow. I think it's such a it, it it's such a common sort of thing that happens, isn't it, to to children in some form or other? Yeah. Um, and it can be so it can be so impactful and so forming on our character and 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 what it is that we bring later on in life. That um, I think it's a really interesting uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing to look at, and in particular, perhaps to, with our children, our young people. Um, can you? Uh, can, can you give us a little bit about, you know, what you feel is the impact of shame, can be the impact of shame then on our on our young people? And, and you know, obviously bringing it up into um, current situations right now um, that's particularly unique to the, the, the sense of shame that, that people might feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK, there's quite a lot of things. I think the first thing I just want to clarify briefly is the difference between shame and guilt. Guilt mm. is what you do so I've done something wrong whereas shame about um is about who you are so shame is about Mm. I am wrong I am flawed I'm Mm. not good enough I'm deficient and I think Mm. there are so many things that can hit um young people with that um there's the whole appearance thing in all different sorts of ways I talked about being a chubby um uh primary school kid I've struggled with weight um, all my life I don't have good teeth I don't have good hair there are there are so many things um, that people's casual remarks can make mm. you feel um, shame, um, shame about and as a young person um, I think you feel it acutely I am so grateful I didn't grow up in the Instagram age where mm. um, I would need carefully crafted pictures of me because they would have been um, impossible to do without enormous skills in photoshopping that I don't imagine I would have um, mm-hmm. e- ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When we think about um, young people in the church, there's a danger sometimes, I think, that Christianity is can be presented as a list of things that you don't do. And if yes. you do some of those things, then that makes you a bad person. In the research yeah. I did for a book, quite a lot of people talked about their teenage years um, and how they lived at least two different lives. They had wow. life at church um, where they um, sort of smiled sweetly and were conforming and then their, their life with their friends outside of the, their church where um, they may have been um, drinking or d- doing different sorts of things that were just wouldn't be approved of um, uh, at church. I think... Um, you know, you, you, you've written this really helpful growth booklet on mental health. I think there is there are some times in church when it can be quite tricky 
um, mm. to talk about the, the mental health problems we face. I think the situation is improving, um, but there's yes. the some times that you have this, um, you know, uh, just pray and everything will be okay. Yes. Yeah, indeed. I, I, it's interesting to bring up the mentally on this sort of angle. I was just literally reading this morning about Freddie Flintoff and his um, his struggle with bulimia and how he found it so incredibly difficult to actually face um, face the issue, as it were, and to, and to get help for it because of the shame he felt. And because of that duality, I think, as well, it happens in other circles, too, although I completely agree the church is 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 very much at the forefront of that. But for him, he was he was making himself sick while he was winning the ashes in 2005. Yeah. And, and um, you know, actually that duality of I'm really successful on the outside. People, what people see is really important. Mm. Um, you know, that that kind of teaching about you must look a certain way or you must you must behave, I suppose, a certain way. Um, can be very pervasive, but doesn't stop what the under doesn't kind of necessarily permeate all the way through. And that thing about living two different lives, I think, is a really key part of of the problem, as it were, or of, of life in general, actually. Yeah, and and I think one of the things I've discovered about shame is it's very cultural. So mm. shaming in your context sort of varies depending on um, where you're growing up, who your friends are. And all those different sorts of things. So it, it you know, um, just because you happen to be um, highly achieving in one area, like you've just been talking about Freddie Flintoff, um, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't feel shame about something else. Because in your mm-hmm. friends, it's this something else element um, that's important. I mean, I've I, I um, I've had conversations with young women who, in essence, try to hide how clever they are um, mm-hmm. because it's not, you know, it, it's not great to be clever in some contexts Mm, Um, not quite what you sometimes um hear but i you know um it there are just different cultural areas where you Mm, you um you want to act to fit in with your friends and i think you can feel shame um when you don't um Mm. and then but there's another bit of you that feels shame when you do because um what your conforming to um doesn't um resonate with parts of your other values or what your parents would expect so i think i think it's um really tricky for young people today yes yeah the thing about peer pressure is huge isn't it but there's also the thing about i think you talked about girls and and perhaps girls trying to conform to what they feel they ought to be um and that can be a really that's a really common thread in our society and has been over centuries, you know, almost since the dawn of time, I think, Um, you know, women have tried to um, kind of conform to something or or to fit themselves into a box and whether that's a box of their own making or a box of the world's making, sometimes it's a bit of both. Um, It can be very uh, powerful and really have a massive impact on um, a person's life to try and um, kind of, yeah conform to something that they're not sure about or that they don't feel really um fits them so yeah. i think that's a really a really key point and for our young people you know um having to having to look a certain way for social media is is huge mm. um i wondered whether or not we um you've got a reflection sort of about the youth workers and those cuz we talk we talk a lot about young people um uh, you know in, in youth ministry circles but but let's sort of not forget that that youth workers are humans too <laughs> absolutely um, and, 
and therefore you know actually there's a there's a sense in which um you know for for freddie flintoff as for many people he's in his 40s now and and still struggling with some of the stuff that really impacted him as a young man um and whether there's a way we can move forward with that what's um have you got any thoughts about that um yeah i think one thing that's crucial for me is, is um, who we honour and how we honour them. I would have youth worker friends who would still have people say to them, when are you going to get a proper job? Mm. Oh, I gosh. Also have, um, have youth worker friends who understand um, how highly skilled their work is. Um, mm. But the impression um, other people get is they just sit around um, having coffee with young people but um, as you well know Jenny yeah. it's yes. education and conversation that takes young people on a journey and helps them fulfill their mm. potential it's actually a highly um, a highly skilled art um, mm. but for me um, youth workers fulfill an enormously important function and I don't always think that we um honour them in the right way for me they should be part of church leadership teams because in a sense mm. they're doing with young people exactly mm. the same thing that ministers are doing with the rest of the church often with a mm. higher set of expectations around numbers and things yeah um, and I think um you know one of the things that people like you and I can try to do is to um inform people um what youth workers do actually do and I think um yeah. I think the idea of um, sort of trying to publicly honouring, and I think this podcast is, you know, is doing a good job at that of, you know, showing people um, the value of youth workers, what you um, mm. youth workers do, and sort of showing the complexity um, of mm. a role that, on the surface, um, may may look really um, really straightforward. Um, mm. I think the, another thing that um, is really important is that church leaders understand. Um, and, and communicate really clearly um, to the congregations what the youth workers' um, role is as well. Um, I, I think mm -hmm. there can sometimes be very unrealistic expectations about, um, well, the, what's loosely called bums on seats. And yes. you can be doing some absolutely brilliant work out there in the community. Yes. yes. Um, but unless it's translated on people attending on a Sunday morning, um, then I think that work can can be minimised um, mm -hmm. little. So I think there's that there's a lot that we can do about sort of honouring, supporting, and, and another thing we can do is to is turn up and help. Um, mm. You know, you young people need, from my perspective, um, older, safe people to talk to. The youth worker yes. can't be that for everyone. Um, mm. Youth worker can't do everything on um, on their own. So. One of the things, even if you you know you don't think you're necessarily most skilled at youth um, at youth work, when we're certainly not when we're post COVID and doing some more face to face things, there are always plenty of things um, to be helping with. Uh, one of the one of the yeah. best bits of youth work I ever did was many years ago. We had mm. a who prayed through the session, um, and so okay. people that didn't you know didn't feel they could do youth work um, would come right. along and pray during the session. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if we've got a problem, we could go and say, oh, can you just pray about this? It was a, it was an open youth club in a in a tricky area where, you know, you think, think things might go wrong. I and mean, these days you'd probably say pray at home and we'll just text you. Um, yes. but, uh, but I think that's another thing that we, we can do to um, support, honour and encourage youth workers is to actually um, say, well, you know, what can I do to support you? Um, how can I get um, how can I get alongside you? Um, let me subscribe yeah. to 
books for you and there, there are all different sorts of practical things that we can do to help yeah I think that's really key I think um we used to say when I was in sort of much more um if you like full-time youth ministry we used to say it takes it takes in the same way as it takes a village to raise a child it takes a whole church really to get involved in youth ministry in one form or another and the problem that we find is you know the the paid youth worker where there are those um still these days um often ends up because they're well we're paying them to do the youth work we're paying you to do the youth work so you go and do that actually kind of not realizing how valuable it is to get the whole church community involved um in in loving and and taking care of our of our young people and and as you've rightly pointed out excuse me um there are lots of different ways that you could do that if you if even if actually spending some time with young people isn't necessarily your bag you can still Mm. you can still help and support and honor i like that word honor the 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 youth worker um and what they're doing i think is is a really that's a really key way of of putting it um and so um you know the the, another interesting thing about about the the shame stuff is is to do with the theology and Mm. and can you just kind of talk us through a little bit about where we find shame in the bible and how that um might impact our own kind of stories and our own dealing with this um i think it when I'm thinking about youth work I and, and, and shame in the Bible, I most readily turn to the stories of Jesus. Um, mm. You can see shame is a thread um, all through um, the Bible. But I think if I sort of take um, one example. Um, so if it, um, many of us will know the story of Zacchaeus, and we might have sung the song, which I'm not going to sing for you now, about <laughs> Zacchaeus climbing up a tree and Jesus <laughs> spotting him and saying, you know, I come and have tea at your house. Um mm. You know, Zacchaeus was a tax collector who was one of the most despised groups. He would have mm. um, felt shame, um, felt he di- didn't fit in, but Z- um, Jesus spotted him and said, can I come and um, eat with you? In a sense, mm. can I come to your house and can I come to honour you? Um, there mm. are many stories of Jesus encountering people who in the context they would be in would be feeling shame. And Jesus mm. comes and transforms that shame and um, honours them in some way. So, um, you know, another well-known story is the story of the woman at the well who's having to come and get um, water in the middle of the day because um, that's when it, it, she feels safest to go and, and, and get mm. the water. But um, um, Jesus transforms her life and she goes away um, telling people of this wonderful person um, that she's met, Jesus um the encounter with Jesus is, is is transformational and I think if we um, encourage um, young people to look at the encounters with Jesus and see who they identify with and see how Jesus treats them and hope mm. we as youth workers model that we treat people in that sort of way we encourage them to feel that they belong that they're mm. um, that, that, that they are honored that that we're pleased to see them um, mm. I think I I I I sort would 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 really focus on um, on that. I I also like the way that um, the Apostle Paul talks about um, choosing the foolish things of the world, um, mm. and, and I think um, I I would encourage people to see that there are so many people in the story of the Bible who felt shame, um, but um, you know God takes that. 
and transforms them and they can move on from it. Um, you know, uh, God's about um, transforming us. Mm. And um, I, I think that's probably the thing. Um, we don't have to continue living in that shame. Um, mm. But sometimes I think um, the youth worker can be quite a long journey in supporting a young person to be able to see themselves with the eyes of the youth worker and the eyes of God mm -hmm. as someone who is precious and valued. And I suppose the mm -hmm. most important thing, um, if you go to the first chapter in the Bible, it says that we're made in the image of God and mm -hmm. every single person is made in the image of God and we should treat every mm -hmm. single person um, with, um, with respect because of that. We are all mm -hmm. equally valuable, um, but mm -hmm. we don't feel it. But as youth workers, we can help young people move towards feeling it um, to a much greater extent than some of them do now. Mm. For me, that has been the central tenet, really, of my youth working career. Yeah. <laughs> is, is helping young people understand that they are not the person they say that they are. You yes. know, um, that we're not the people that, that we get told we are by others, but we are we are made in the image of God and that makes us amazing, um, amazing human beings, no matter what we've done, you know, and no matter what we feel about ourselves and no matter what we are told to feel about ourselves. Um, actually, that's the thing that matters. That's fantastic. Yes. Sally, thank you ever so much for talking uh, to us today. It's been really great. Where can people find you if they would like to connect with you about this or indeed lots of the other things we've um, you've mentioned um, I'm on Twitter as RD Sally Nash. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as Sally Nash. And if you want to email me, drsallynash at gmail.com. Fantastic. And if anybody listening would like to get involved in this podcast, either by becoming a guest or just by letting us know feedback and comments that you have, um, please email me on jennytalks at gmail.com. That's Jenny with an I. That's great. Sally, thank you ever so much for coming on today. Right. Thanks very much.